Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a vendor at a comic convention? First of all, welcome to another Magic City podcast. We are yeah, George, Paul, and I am Jimmy. Uh, please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe uh, of every, everything that we're going to talk about right now. But we've recently done two conventions. Uh, just wanted to give the point of view. We've always done the point of view from the attendee. We usually don't set up at cons. We did these two local shows, you know, just as like, hey, we wanted to do it just to move some stuff. We got a recent shipment from CGC. We've been sitting on a lot of books and just wanted to to run a little convention. And let me tell you, it was tiring. I know you've run cons in the past. You've been a vendor at the con before, Paul. I haven't. It's exhausting. I did it twice before, and I vowed not to do it again. Now we did it twice again. Yeah. And I'm, I'm vowing again not to never to do it again. Really? Sometimes you're like, I'm not doing one, and then boom. We got well, the second one kind of just popped into into the equation because, you know, we are we have, we had already done one and we were already set up. Everything was priced, so it was easy to just to go a week later and do the, the second one. Which, by the way, the second one we did, or the first one we did was Super Fan Con yes. down here in Miami. And then the second one, our good friend George, he does a, he throws a con every year, the Miami Con. Mm-hmm. This is his fourth year. I did the first two shows. I didn't do the third show. And then now we did the fourth show. Yeah. And one of the best shows in the Miami area for comics and pure comics. No Funkos, no cosplay. None of that fluff stuff that we yeah. see at the normal big cons. This show is pure comics, and you have everything from Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, new stuff, old stuff, everything in between. Yeah, it's a damn good show for comics. So if nobody's ever actually set up at a show and you've gone to shows and you see the vendors there, you think it's, oh, that's easy to do. Nah, it's not. No, it's not. It's not easy to do. It's it's I would put it the equivalent of an IG live sale when we used to do them. Everybody was like, oh, it looks like so much fun and everything. And yes, the actual time that you're there selling, talking to people, doing all that. That's the fun part. But the pre and the post is what sucks. Oh, yeah. But that's that's with any any convention, whether a comic book, whatever you're a vendor at. Yeah, it's the before and after is the part that's not fun. Yeah. And it's tearing down, especially the before, because before you got to have all your stuff priced. You got to have all your you know, your tables, if you have tables, your 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 wall of where you're going to put your slabs, where you're going to put your raw books, your shelves, your boxes. You got to have all that stuff prepped. And, I mean, it takes you a good, what, three, four weeks to prep all that stuff if you want to do it correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you just want to shotgun a bunch of short boxes and long boxes and throw them on the floor and let people pick through it and, you know, they find what they find, then that's easy. But if you want to make sure that everything is priced accordingly and then you're not missing anything, you got to go through, you know, 20 boxes, 30 boxes, 40 boxes. A couple of times, too. Mm-hmm. You got to put the stuff on the wall. You got to price it. If if you priced it a month ago and now you're going to do another show, are the prices still relevant? The way the comic book industry has been going? No, I, re- I re-looked at all our stuff between the two cons, from con one to con two, just in case. So, it's yeah, it's, it's it's there's a lot of variables that have taken to effect, you know, just getting to the show. Then you got to figure out what kind of booth you're going to get, where you're going to get it. Is it a corner booth? Is it a middle booth? Is it in the middle aisles? Are you going to get flow of traffic, which is key? It's yep. difficult to, to 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 visualize that until you get like a map of the area. But then once you get the map, you kind of see where it's going. But then seeing it on the map and seeing it in person are completely two different things. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the venue, then you start seeing the reality of it. You know, we had an emergency exit door in front of us that yeah. we couldn't block. 
Marlon, and, Marlon was funny. Yeah, yeah. The, the vendor in front of us, you know, he had bo- he he was setting up and he put some boxes in front. And one of the uh, con guys came in and said, "Hey, you can't block the the exit." And the guy's like, "But I'm just putting this here for like five minutes till I get the stuff out of it and then move it." Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of things you gotta take into consideration. You know, are you there by yourself? Are you there with somebody else? If you're there with somebody else, you can go and grab something to eat. You can go to the bathroom. If yeah. you're there by yourself, you're kind of stuck to the booth, so you gotta have another vendor there that could come and take a look at your watch over yourself while you leave. So there's there's a bunch of factors you gotta take into consideration. And it's yeah, during the show it's cool, but even during the show, what are you doing? You're standing around. Yeah, you're sitting around. You most of the time you're standing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're I'm, just there at your booth. Luckily, we had our good friend Danny. Right? He, he provided tremendous comic relief. Yep. So shout out to him. But yeah, it's. Number one, going in it, doing with like-minded people that you have, um, that you get along with, because basically you're together for 10 hours a day. And number two, just being able to talk to other vendors, walk around, even, you know, like even a couple of times we're like, hey, I'm going to take another lap just to see the other vendors, talk some crap with some of your friends, you know, see see what's going on with everybody else in the show, if they're having a, a successful show also. And then the big part is, if it's a two day show, what do you do with your stuff? During the off hours, during the night hours. Well, that was funny because, I mean, we're from South Florida, as you guys know. I trust no one. I was like, all right, we're going to take all our stuff back. <laughs> we were talking to our friends, uh, 305 Comics, and he's like, no, just take your big stuff. Leave everything else. You know, it was pretty secure. We didn't miss anything. Right. There was nothing well, missing most, that, that like we could tell. conventions don't yeah. lock the doors so no one else can come in once the last person walks out. Yeah, but you're, you know, you're in Miami. Shady. I know, but regardless, what sunny place for shady well, people. Well, regardless of where you are, that then falls on the on the on the actual people that set up the convention because mm-hmm. that looks bad on them too. If your stuff is getting stolen, yeah. One of one our day. one of the conventions was two days; the other one was one day. Yeah, and that's another thing that you gotta you gotta do some research on and and ask people that have done shows and especially if they've done the show that you're gonna do because their their reputation is important. The reputation mm-hmm. of the people putting on the show is very, very important. Mm-hmm. The venue, that's a huge thing. One of the biggest problems that all of our customers were telling us was parking. Yep. And for some reason, every show in South Florida for the last three, four years, parking has been a problem, including MegaCon last year. And Who we're not be? saying that, that because we were vendors. When we were attending all these conventions as attendees, even we had a tough time getting parking. Yeah. So I can imagine. A lot of that has to do with how many things are scheduled around town at the same time. And being yeah. Miami, Florida, there's a lot of things scheduled around and town at the same time. There's oh, I mean, you guys remember Supercon used to have a mat and talking about Supercon now, yeah. the, the big one on the beach used to have a massive problem where up until what right before COVID, it was always Supercon, adult film convention, and the boat show. Yeah, all, all happening at the same, at the same time, and it's like that's way too many people for any city to have. But it'd be such a mess because you couldn't get anywhere, you couldn't park anywhere. It's like, what were you gonna do if you're a vendor? Now you're hoping people can get to your show, and that happens with with even small conventions. Do the people have parking? What else is going on that's gonna prevent them from getting to you? I think parking is probably the biggest deal breaker to anybody going to a con. Yeah. If you can't park anywhere, all you're gonna do is you're gonna turn your ass back home and leave. Because what do you yeah. do? You're gonna you're gonna park. 10 blocks away and take an Uber. Now you're going to spend money on Uber to go and then, you know, pay the entrance fee to come back in. I mean, if you can't park, if the vendor or the, if the facility doesn't have the parking spots, that's, that's a huge deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is I have an incredible respect for these vendors that go from convention to convention. I don't know how they do it. 
you know, I was doing conventions, you know, for work where I used to work. And that's a whole different deal than a comic book vendor. Oh, yeah. You're taking everything yourself. You guys are there. There's no one to set up stuff for you and take it and take it up, up down when you're done. Like, it's a whole different deal. Yeah, I'll do local conventions any day. I don't know if I do non-local, like out of state or out of city or out of county conventions because just traveling with the stuff is a pain. We can check the receipts later. I will not be doing any more cons <laughs> as a vendor. I will attend every single one of them. I will not be doing it as a vendor. Just saying. I might eat my words. We might find a massive collection, but it's it's a, it's a not a struggle. It's it's a lot of work. Yeah. At the end is. of the day, it's a lot of work. Listen, we, you know, I say I'll never do another one again, but will I do another That's one? That's you said two years ago. Probably. It, look, at the end of the day, it's the easiest way to move stuff. If you got a lot of inventory and you're sitting on a lot of stuff, it's the easiest way to move stuff. Agreed. It's easier than IG live sales. It's easier than going on eBay, Craigslist, and any of that stuff. Aside from just putting it on the curb and let somebody picking it up, the easiest way to move stuff is at a con. True, but you also have to, you know, do you have the kind of inventory that will be worth it to do it? Because you have to take into consideration the 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 price of the booth. All right, of course. That you have the size and all that stuff. Like some people would love to do that, but maybe if they're selling four hundred dollars worth of stuff and their booth costs four hundred dollars. You, no. kinda, you you walk out of there while that work and you didn't really get anything for it. Yeah, you gotta have a you gotta have a you gotta have a decent amount of inventory to be able to move this stuff there and you know make a profit off of it. Because not only is the booth cost, but your time. Mm-hmm. The decent amount hours. of inventory, uh, all price ranges and of all types. Right, especially with conventions. Like we took a bunch of toys, we took a bunch of different collectibles that we were able to move, but there was some stuff that we took that nobody even batted an eye at because mm-hmm. maybe that wasn't the convention for it. Exactly. Right. There were other vendors that were selling similar items, but not as high end. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Pops. It was a great pop convention for $10, $20 Pops. There were some Pops here that I saw for $5,000. They stayed there. Mm-hmm. The one thing that you do have to appreciate is the vendors that do give discounts on already great deals. You know, because sometimes people will be hesitant to offer a deal. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always, I always told people our tagline. I'm like, listen, our tagline is reasonable and unreasonable offers. Mm-hmm. But we like reasonable. I mean, what's the worst we could say? No, but at least it gets yeah. the conversation going. Get into the habit of seeing where someone else's price is because you never know. The worst thing that can happen is they say no. Yeah. And the if, worst thing, and the other worst thing is to tell you no and then tell you off because your offer was too low. But it doesn't happen often. There has to be someone yeah. who's very rude to do that. Because other people are always watching and they're like, I don't want to deal with that guy. Exactly. Listen, man, at the end of the day, and like all the old timers and all the old people that go around, you know, garage sailing and picking and all that stuff, they always, they respect the people that haggle. They respect yeah. the people that throw a number at you because at the end of the day, none of this stuff, none of these prices are set in stone. Mm-hmm. This is all like third party aftermarket pricing that we put on these things. Well, some people would like to tell you that they're set in stone. But yeah, I mean, just because it shows $300 and you, you know, doesn't mean you have to go pay $300. Haggle the guy, tell him, hey, look, I'll make you an offer. Even if it's a lowball offer, I respect you for throwing me a lowball offer than not throwing me an offer at all. You can always laugh about it or whatever. But yeah, exactly. Listen, always, you as a buyer have a number. The seller has his number. Sometimes his number is not the one on the wall. We he, got we got some ridiculously low offers where I told somebody, I was like, take me out to dinner first before you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and it's, it creates the, it's all how you react. Yeah. And right. I get it. You know, sometimes I've seen books that are $9,000. I'll be like, hey, will you take six? You know, get yeah, the conversation going. Go. Some people get insulted, though. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you didn't create the comic yeah. book. They're, they're looking for that reaction. Yeah, they're just poking you to see. Yeah, exactly. 
There will always be someone that tries to poke you. Why are you looking Depends at on where you get poked. Yeah. Like, I was waiting for him to giggle or something. For everybody watching on YouTube, George just gave Paul like a stare. Like, what's going I on? I was waiting for him to giggle. Like, where are your hands, George? <laughs> I don't know. All four of those hands are under the table. But um, <laughs> where else are we going to put them? Also, the other component of doing a con is building the relationships with other vendors. That's huge. That the networking possibilities, and even people that go really early to the conventions—that's still a little-known fact, guys. You will get good deals, you know, because they want to try to move some stuff yeah. and get things going, especially to attendees. I love the floating books. Yes, you see, you see it at the beginning of the con of one booth, and as you go through the it's convention, you see the the book move from dealer to dealer to dealer to dealer to dealer. You're like, wow, things have been floating around. It's the, like the, the you price, didn't have that book this uh, morning, and the price slightly shifts yeah. depending where it goes. But it's cool because you see, yeah, you talk to the dealers, and you know how many dealers came up to us and asked us, "Hey, how's it going for you guys?" Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I walked around to them, "Hey, how's it going for you guys?" And you kind of just kind of get that that camaraderie between the dealers, you know, to kind of see where everybody's at. Because at the end of the day, we all might have different things. And we all have to sell different things. But, you know, we're all there for the same people. We're there for that same dollar. And we all have different expectations. Correct. You know, and yeah. we were all selling different things, different. I like to call it different flavors of vanilla. Mm. You know, depending whether you wanted a, a big book, a big modern, a low silver age, you know, it was all there. So, yeah. and some people will have good days. Some people won't. And you have to see, like, is it the inventory? Is it their prices? Was it where they were at? And you kind of gauge, is it the convention? Or yeah. Could, they might not have the right inventory for, for what was there. But those are things you find out because that 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 informs you also for next time. Right. Because hey, the inventory at the Miami Con would not have done well at SuperfanCon. It would not. Because it's completely different clientele. Yeah. You know, that's a different market altogether. Yeah, no, there's also the, the crowd that shows up has completely different tastes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, check the receipts. I don't think we'll be vendors anytime soon. <laughs> Could be completely wrong, and he might see us at the next local <laughs> yes, South Florida I mean, convention. Jimmy's able to find like cheap labor to come help the, the setup. Jimmy doesn't out. like to work, that's why. No, no, no. He'll be like, he can get someone to do it. I, and that's why I say I love Danny, and I took him out um, after Super FanCon. I took him out to Sports oh, Grill. I hope so. I was just like, you know, hey, you didn't have to do that. Even though he made a pretty penny. So no, he, did. he was able to move a lot of stuff and he made a good penny and, and he showed up early. That's days. what we told him. You know, he was like, what do you need? He had commitments prior. So he bowed out at a certain point. But yeah, no, he did well. But yeah, I'm completely for, you know, I'll take Danny out to dinner anytime he helps. <laughs> you that Danny. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Shout out to the organizers for Super Fan Con and shout out well, to George from, uh, from the Miami Con. Yeah. Great, great guys. Well, you know, both of them through spectacular shows. I mean, definitely would look into doing Miami Con number five next year. Yeah, and it's usually around Q one. Yeah, because so. it fits more of our it fits more of our inventory. You know, we're not big pop people. We're not toy people. We're mostly comic book people. So that's kind of like the one that fits our our bill the most. Yeah, we're toy people for our personal stuff. Right. Yeah. And, you know, keep that in mind, too. If you're looking to do a con, you know, what type of inventory do you have and what type of con is it going to be? And like, how are you going to transport it? Because yep. if, you know, if you're a big toy guy and you're going to go to a comic show, you're probably not going to do it. Unless you have retro toys. Like, and you're really, probably still not going like, to do it because the clientele there goes to buy books, not retro toys. Well, it's funny. No, because you see, like, now you see graded video games at these conventions with the I, comic I, convention. So, mm-hmm. Or, like, stick no. to your niche, man. Or stick grade, to your niche. Graded VCR tapes. I don't yeah. Those. VCR, VHS. 
the the VHS tapes. Thank you. Yeah, VCR tapes. Thank you. Is there a greater VCR tape con somewhere? It'd be greater than the great VCRs. Yeah, VCRs. Anyways, how many more cards we doing? I'm going to say that someone's going to convince us to do one more. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. You know, and you know, when you look in your garage or you look into your living room and you see box on box on box no, on box yeah, of yeah. comics and you, you know, know how to get rid of it, you're going to be like, you know what? Let's do another con. You're going to complain and we're going to be like, we talked about this. It'd be like, fine. The next year's going to roll around. Hey, guys, let's do it one more time to get rid of it. Hey, listen, I've started to hit up eBay again to start moving some of my toys. So I'm completely fine going back to the eBay model, but never say never, right? Look at the other day, you still gotta work, man. You still gotta package this stuff, you still gotta take it to the post office. I mean, it's still a pain in the ass. At the con, you give it to the guy, and then that's it. The book disappears, the toy disappears, the guy disappears. That's it. You don't have to do that again. We yeah, just need bags. It's the hope of the same. We always forget bags. Yeah, we gotta take we always bags. Give people stuff, but we don't give them enough bags. Yep, that's true. It's the hope of the sale. Yeah. But let us know what you guys think. <laughs> Does anybody have aspirations to be a vendor? <laughs> I mean. We'll give you the. We gave you a pretty much a good rundown. All right, if anybody has set up at a con or at a, one of these like swap meets outside, what do you guys think? Tell us your experiences. We're we're interested in knowing because that's another thing. The inside cons are better than the outside oh, cons. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do an inside con any day. The outside cons, especially in South Florida, it's those are rough, man. Setting up with a tent and no AC and you're sweating. It looks like you've jumped into a pool by five o'clock. Those are rough. Nine a.m. By 9 a.m., you got a good case of swamp ass by 3 o'clock. Well, that's a personal problem, George. <laughs> that's an everybody problem in South Florida. <laughs> Dude, you Until next this. time. Guys, appease the algorithm, gods. Like this video, share this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on all social media. We'll catch you on the next one.